Hey, Sean. Hey, I can hear you now. All right. All right. So how's it going? Pretty good. Hopefully this, uh, <laughs> this one doesn't get interrupted midway. Yeah. Cross our fingers. Cross our fingers. Should as we're be doing good. Double duties. So yep. uh, again, you know, welcome to the, uh, the Sneaks, Runs, and Life podcast. Um, you know, everyone knows that I'm the host, Lionel McDonald. But um, for all those viewers, we have a very special guest. One of the most influential sneaker enthusiasts. I know some people don't like the word sneakerhead, so we'll call you that today. But uh, you make a huge impact on a lot of people. Um, and again, our guest today is Sean Go. So, Sean, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for having me. So, again, you know, I know we, we've done a little double duty and you I've been on your podcast and we're now doing the reverse that uh, you're on mine. So, uh yeah, just a couple questions about you and, um, you know, your sneaker style. And then how did you kind of get started collecting? Maybe you could share with the listeners. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the 90s being a fan of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And um, obviously, I wasn't a great basketball player, but I always wanted to be like Mike. And the closest way I could be like Mike was rocking his shoes. Um, so I grew up in a household where my family didn't really want to spend hundreds of dollars on sneakers for me but uh my aunt's boyfriend gifted me a pair of the og playoff 12s when i was in elementary school and that's a shoe that i wore during uh, my grade 8 basketball tournament so that's like really how i got my first taste of i guess you can call it higher end sneakers and then later on uh, it wasn't until i started working part-time in late high school that i started um, buying up my own shoes using my own money and ever since then it's kind of been a snowball effect haven't really stopped except for a brief period when I sold off like a good chunk of my collection to help pay for my condo. Um, but aside from that, shoes have been part of my life since the mid to late two thousands. And, um, I think it's only getting bigger and bigger as years go by. Oh, that's pretty, pretty amazing that you, you started in those formative years and there's always, uh, always the gateway shoe um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of gets you in. You talk playoff 12s, like mine was the, uh, mine was the uh, OG um, bread Jordan 11. So that was the first one I ever bought, you know, in my part-time days at Foot Locker. I worked at Scarborough Town Center and uh, uh, that it was, uh, it was a wrap ever since uh, that shoe was so different. So, Hey, you know, what have you, uh, what have you been wearing as of late and, uh, and what more importantly, what did you wear today? That's kind of the big thing. I think, uh, uh, I look at, uh, I didn't leave the house other than for a brief minute, but the shoe that I had on, uh, and I did wear it in the house, uh, was the, uh, the, um, the Terry Fox edition of the Ultra Boost that came out in December. So uh, I'm a huge fan of Terry Fox, but tell me about uh, what you've been rolling with as of late. So as we all know, March was Air Max month. So for that entire month, I made a commitment to to wear a different Air Max shoe every single day. So then coming into April, to be honest, I was kind of excited to to wear different brands and different shoes. So um, lately, I've been just mixing and mixing up different brands and here and there. So today, I wore, for example, the uh, Yeezy Foam Runner uh, just to run some errands in and stuff like that. And prior to that, earlier this week. I wore the um, Nike Air Structured Triax, the OG uh, retro version, and um, a couple of New Balances as well has been uh, pretty heavy in my rotation too. Okay, so it, it's interesting you you uh, you you do have a love for brands other than Jordan and Nike, and we we know those are the kind of the the upper echelons of brands today, at least how uh, people perceive the the sneaker market. So. Um, 
you know, how did you kind of get involved in wearing other brands other than some of these, the big ones? And then uh, what are some of your favorite brands that are not Nike and Jordan? Yeah. So like, it's like you said, it all started with Jordan, Air Jordans, and then it's kind of like a spiral effect. So the more you kind of research on the internet, you learn more about different brands and things like that. So for me, it started off as an, as an Air Jordan only collection, and then it slowly morphed into Air Max shoes, um, SB Dunks. And then when you go on forums like Nike Talk and Soul Collector and things like that, you browse through the different um, the different threads and you kind of come across these different brands and you just learn more about them. So that's where I grew an appreciation for stuff like New Balance, for example. So I've never been, I won't ever consider myself to be like, an OG New Balance head or anything like that. I'm not like the biggest New Balance fan out there, but I've always appreciated them, even even in the early days of my collecting. And then I've dabbled into things like Asics here and there, like not too much, but like it's definitely an appreciation for designs. And ultimately for me, like I appreciate shoes a lot for the way they look and their technology and innovation. And all these different brands have different ways of innovating. And that's something I really appreciate. So you, you, funny you mentioned, um, um, you know, you, you like designs and, uh, right. So I, I've seen your Instagram, uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say as of late, but I've seen it over time that you, you've gone ahead and, uh, and done some of your own customized shoes. So maybe you can share with everyone, you know, why do you like customs? Um, I personally do. Um, I, I actually wore a couple days ago, I wore a pair of uh, Wakanda forever uh, customized, um, Air Force One. So, uh, I know this guy by the name of, uh, he goes by, uh, T. Customs and, uh, he does some amazing designs on sneakers. Um, so shout out T. Customs. Um, he did a, a Kobe one for me as a Kobe tribute one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I've seen you do some, I guessing through Nike ID. So what kind of got you doing customs and, and what are some of the favorite ones that you kind of will put together over, uh, over the years? Yeah, I think for, for me, like in my collection, a lot of the quote unquote customs that you say are coming from things like Nike ID or Nike by you. And I think that's a really good way to kind of inject some of that individuality into these iconic silhouettes. But so at the same time, you're, you're, you're making it your own in, in some sense. Right. And I think, um generally it's nike like nike gives us a ton of really really good options and a lot of the times these options are just the possibilities are endless like you can really create a lot of different combinations of designs and i think that kind of gives you um some control in expressing yourself right because ultimately I know it seems like a lot of people these days want to all wear the same things, AKA like whatever's hyped, that's what everyone wants to wear. But for me, a lot of the times I do still want to stand out and I do want to be able to express myself, whether that's through colors or through patterns and, and different inspirations that I have. And I think Nike ID is is a very affordable, all things considered option for you to do that. Yeah, it, it is. In comparison to what you think it should cost, it, it's actually very, very reasonable to uh, to do that. And again, you know, 
I think we see it more now than ever in sneaker culture that, you know, there are, there is a segmentation that wants to be a little bit different than everybody else. You definitely, you love the hype stuff. You sometimes also want to go with the stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. And um, you may like the silhouette, but you kind of had your own idea to making your own and Nike ID definitely gives you that opportunity. hundred percent. Yeah. So on this, on, on my podcast, we love to play a little game um, for fun. Um, we call it Copper Pass. So I'm gonna, just going to roll through some of the upcoming releases that we have that are coming out. And you would tell me Cop or Pass. Now, we know you have a heavy collection, <laughs> so I'm sensing there could be a couple, a, a couple passes here. But uh, let, let's go through it and, and let's see what we Yeah, we'll let's do it. So let's start with the, um, the uh, I saw it today and it really jumped off the page. So the, the Yeezy uh, 450 yeah. triple black copper. Oh, pass. that's an easy pass. <laughs> Those are terrible. <laughs> okay. All right. So some people love it and they love how different it is. Okay. So uh, big release tomorrow. Um, hasn't been out in years, but uh, it's coming without its, uh, it's, it's, uh, Twin brother left looks completely different. So the Toro Bravo, otherwise known as the Raging Bull Five, is that a cop or a pack? That is a cop, and I kick myself for not buying the pack. I think I was working at Foot Locker back in the day when they when they dropped. But here we are, second opportunity, so I'm definitely copying. All right, uh, Hyper Royal Jordan One. Uh, that's like the faded one, right? That's yep. a cop. Okay, uh, the University Blue uh jordan four that comes out at the end of the month university blue jordan four it's like an all-over baby blue oh with the light gray um that is might be a cop for the review but i don't know if it's a keeper okay all right so um in in May, there's the uh, it comes back out again, first time since uh, I think 2006. Uh, the Jordan Seven Flint. Ooh, yeah, I've been flip flopping about this one in my head since I saw that they're releasing. Um, like it's a shoe that I've admired for this whole time, but I don't know if I'm really gonna ever wear a seven enough. Um, yeah, I'll just be responsible and say pass. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jordan for white Oriole. Hmm. I love my fours, but I also have my white cement fours. So I will say pass. Okay. Respectable decision there. Cause I, I much like I love fours. I don't mm-hmm. love that shoe. Um, uh, shadow 2.0. Um, yeah, I think I'll grab that one. Yep. Okay. And then the last one I'll go was kind of off the radar. It came out. It came out actually last week. It's that Skepta Tailwind that came out. What are your thoughts? It's like a hyper. Yeah, that's that's not doing it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and it, the Tailwind, much like some other Air Maxes, is either you yep. love it and would die for it, or you hate totally. it. Totally. And I know some people. You know, I, I think back to some of my friends that worked at Athletes World in the Athletes World days. They love the Tailwind and would be all over this. But in my case, I don't love the Tailwind. It looks cool, but 
like I would wear it three times and it would be buried in the collection. That's exactly it. it. So it's a shoe that like, I appreciate from afar, but not something necessarily I need to keep to, uh, to buy. Yeah. Okay. So, Hey, thanks for, thanks for playing, you know, so as, as we move on, so can you think of a time that you, you thought about buying a shoe and you really liked it, but you've the momentum on the shoe started to build, but you decided to pass on it. And you've regretted it ever since. There's been so many instances of those uh, over the years that uh, it's honestly hard to remember. But I think the biggest regrets that I have um, are probably because after passing, those shoes have like skyrocketed in price. And it's to the point where it's financially not really realistic for me to buy it now. So, for example... Um, yeah. So when the Yeezy 2s released, Nike, uh, when, they, when they still had the store on Bloor Street, they released it via uh, Twitter first come, first serve or something like that. Basically, they would tweet out like some word and you had to DM them on their Twitter with that word, your size and your name or something like that. So I was stuck on Twitter refreshing for a good number of hours. And then um, long story short, they tweeted it. I, um, I replied back. And I, I think I chosen like the, the pure platinum colorway. So that's the one I actually won. So I, I managed to pick that up for retail. And then I think like the resale prices for the the solars was probably what, around 1200, 1500 around that, around that. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah, it's just a shoe that I just never anticipated that sneakers in general would rise to the level of prices that they are today. So it never even crossed my mind that, um, it would get to the point where I just basically can't afford it anymore. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I passed on that. Fortunately, down the road, I did some trades and I was managed. To, I did manage to to grab the solars. But um, it's just there's so many instances like that where you just don't expect sneakers to to rise to the level where they are today, and you kind of kick yourself over what could have been. Yeah, I, re I remember there was um, there was a guy that I know, and, and I didn't know for sure that it was actually going to happen. I was super skeptical. Um, but um, if you remember that um, a few years back, Spike Lee had a shoe, and uh, it was the uh, Fort Green mm -hmm. Jordan 1. And uh, he's like, hey, I can get you a pair. It's 400 bucks. And it's like, yeah, 400, right? Um, seems like a lot. I don't know if you can get it. I don't know if I'll give you 400 and I'll never see it. Um, so I played it safe and didn't give him the money and didn't buy it. This was a few years ago. Now you see the price of that shoe and it's like, would that have been a, a good gamble? And what if he actually, right. <laughs> like, and again, you know, I know we had talked about on your podcast that uh, I had an experience with uh, back in 2016 when, you know, we, the Jordan store was uh, in its infancy stages as a temp store and Spike Lee came to visit and I was the person in charge and I kind of took him through the store and, uh, you know, we started talking about what was not allowed to be released is what he wanted. And um, to think now that, again, him is, uh, him is uh, a celebrity, but more importantly, it didn't matter he was a celebrity. He was like the ultimate Knicks fan. That's what I was excited about because as many people know, I'm a, although I live in Toronto and I love the Raptors, I love the Knicks more. 
And if the Raptors played the Knicks and it's happened a couple times, I have in both series cheered to cheered for the Knicks at much the dismay of many of my friends. Oh, I'm sure. I've been an outcast, but to think that he had his own Jordan one and it wasn't the Spizike. Um, and I do have a few pairs of those because that was the shoe that was connected to him, but not to have that, uh, to have that four green shoe. And it's like thousands of dollars. That thing, I think I looked it up the other day and it was like nine or Mm $11,000. It's like, oh my gosh, but that's how it goes. Yeah, that's, that's the goes. danger with uh, with hindsight. You know, there's all these shoes where they're yeah. now like ten thousand dollars, or even like the what the dunks are like what thirty thousand dollars. Whereas a few years ago, you could you could have gotten them for a fraction of the price, right? Totally, totally. So hey, you know, I, I know you're you're one of uh, you know you know Canada's Toronto's um, you know a recognizable. Uh, influence you know, you've done a ton of stuff with your YouTube channel. Um, you, you work, you know, well with the brands, but I, I think you know, maybe a lot of people would love to know is how did that even start? Um, how did the brand start coming to you? Um, and what does that look like from an influencer perspective? Yeah, so my background, I've always had an interest in photography, even way before YouTube, like taking pictures was my thing. And um, when I started buying shoes, the one thing I always wanted to do was capture how they looked when they were in uh, DS brand new condition so that once I wear them, I always have that keepsake of this photo. Of, this is what the shoe looked like when I, when I first bought them um, from there, it kind of evolved into instead of just like a boring shot on a table. Um, I started to, you know, mix in some creativity with it and posing them in different locations and things like that. And this was all pre pre, uh, Instagram years. This is like even just this was strictly just for my own passion for for photography, and then um, Instagram really changed the whole landscape because it was a very easy platform for me to to share my work and for people to to appreciate what I did and to connect with like minded people and similar talented people and um, how I guess you can say how my years as a content creator in the sneaker space started was actually I was part of an organization called team Roshi. So you remember the Nike Roshi run, right? Yep. So I was part of that unofficial Roshi organization. Um, We had a website and our Instagram at at the peak of the popularity was probably around 300,000 people following that account. And um, that was like my first experience because I was one of the main guys uh, helping with running the account. So uh, that was my first experience, my first experience working with brands was through Team Roshi. So I think it was Finish Line uh, in the U.S. They hit us hit us up first, and we started working with them to kind of push their releases for the Roshi, and they would seed us shoes every month and things like that. And then as the Roshi hype slowly died, um, I started to focus my efforts more on my personal account. So I would take more pictures of my shoes, post them more frequently, and um, yeah. So Finish Line we already had that connection. And so then they, uh, they reached out to me, started sending me product for photos and things like that. And um, that really helped bring like a level of legitimacy to my account. And uh, after that, it was just, um, just getting on the radar of these brands. And I think being in Canada, it really helps because in the U S when you compare it, 
there's so many players in this space and there's so many well-established huge accounts that have been doing this for way before I have. But in Canada, like typically we kind of follow the footsteps of our neighbors in the South. And that's similar in this content creation space, especially for sneakers. And when I started probably around 2013 or 2012, 2013, around that period, there weren't that many people that were doing what I was doing. So it was a pretty easy way to get on the radar of the Canadian brands. And um, like you, like, like the saying goes like big fish in a smaller pond. It, it's honestly a lot easier. Yep. Again, again, you know, you, you clearly have, you know, tremendous influence and it's very interesting to see that uh, your photography was a springboard. Like, were you, did you go to school for photography? Did you, are you self-taught? Like what, what do you, um, how did you kind of get going with the, um, the camera? No. So I, I was never, um, the no formal training or anything like that. Like I started playing around with, uh, digicams back in the days when it was like, like, was it five megapixels or something like that? When there were the bricks back in the uh, mid two thousands and just a matter of, um, teaching myself and getting used to the the settings and things like that. And just practice, practice, practice. And if I compare my shots back then to how they look now, it's, 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 uh, it's night and day, but it's just a matter of staying committed and doing it for the right reasons, being passionate for it and just, uh, self self teaching. Oh, that's, it's pretty amazing that you've, uh, that, that is you, 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 I've seen some of your shots and, and they're absolutely thank you, thank you. fantastic <laughs> to, to hear that you were, uh, you're self-taught. I, I think for all of the, um, the amateur photographers and I, I think of, um, you know, a few photographers that I know, I know some, a friend, a couple of friends of mine that do, uh, do wedding photography. Uh, my wife is obviously super talented, but uh, when I think of sneaker pictures, I, I definitely think of some of the amazing shots that you uh, you have Thank on you. your Instagram. So that's pretty amazing that uh, that that kind of came to be from you for just uh, you know having a love for camera, but also a love for sneakers yeah, and how they fit sure. together. So pretty dope. So you know, obviously, you know, there's lots of hype in terms of uh, sneakers, and we kind of talked about some of those things in the cop and pass. Uh, um segment but um you know from you know from an influencer perspective where do you see the sneaker game going like what what is the customer telling us that uh they want next or they want differently from uh from a consumer standpoint i think the yeah. the biggest issue i've been hearing is definitely accessibility of product and making sure product gets in i guess you can say the right hands um as this sneaker culture has been growing, especially in the past five years or so, we've been seeing like the whole resale aspect of the culture has become so prevalent. And I think it's extremely frustrating for people that genuinely love sneakers and genuinely want the product, not for uh, a motive of, of profit. And I think recently with the Nike fiascos with um, the VP and GM uh, having her hands with her son's resale business and the Marcus Jordan fiasco and things like that, that kind of really put that attention to the forefront. But it's been something that people have been um, asking for for a long, long time. Yeah, so it, it is a very difficult and, and for some touchy situation, but uh, 
Yeah, I think, you know, I totally agree with you that the customer would love to have more access or, you know, a level of equality when it comes to to access for, for sneakers. So I think you actually, I remember when I, I first heard about your podcast, um, which we now have collaborated on, I, um, I, I, I did, that was the first episode I heard was the resale one. And, uh, you know, I thought it, you had some really good points and really interesting perspectives on the, the whole resale game. And, you know, I think it's a very, you know, hot topic with, uh, with sneaker heads and whether they accept it or whether they think it's wrong or what do they think about it. But, uh, more so not on the episode itself, but, you know, since you put it out, um, what what's some of the feedback you've gotten on that episode or, or your, your podcast? No, it's been pretty much all positive. I think the podcast in general gives me like a different avenue for me to, to talk about things. Cause my, my YouTube channel itself, it's strictly more for, um, sneaker reviews and unboxings and things like that. So I don't really have that same opportunity to get into the deep, um, deep topics that a lot of people want to hear about. And likewise, like I don't really have the opportunity to get guests on my YouTube channel as well. So it really uh, exposes people um, to other like-minded creatives and other people that have um, interests that I'm passionate about. So for example, it's not even just limited to shoes. Like recently I, I had a friend of mine who's a pretty good toy photographer. So I, I, I'm kind of a geek in that way too. Like I appreciate Yeah. I saw, I saw that one. That was good too. That was a totally different perspective, but I said, I, I appreciate totally it. enjoyed that one. Yeah. You know, so just yeah. a matter of sharing my interest beyond just shoes. Let's put it that way. Okay, so hey, you know, as we we kind of wrap up, um, I know another thing we love to hear from from our guests, um, particularly the sneakerheads. You know, um, you know, uh, if if this was a more of a hip hop focused segment, I, I would love someone to mm -hmm. tell me a concert story. But since we're talking sneakers, tell me about an epic sneaker hunt that you ever went on um, to get a certain. There's a couple I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so the first one. It was the True Blue Threes from which version was the one that was like international and Canada only? Which one was that? Two thousand and eight or nine or uh, was two thousand? I think so. That was I think it was 10? like two thousand eight, so around there, right? No, I think it was the one in two thousand and eight. No, maybe that was the two. There was a one in what two thousand. One in or two thousand two, like there was one. I remember it was like no. It would have been early manager day later than that because I didn't start buying until oh five oh six. So okay, so it's probably the one you're talking about. Probably the one of those years, yeah. Or, or, so uh, I think I happened to be on a trip to Japan when those shoes were were set to drop, and um, I pretty much like I, I was on that. Sh I was on the trip with my family, so they weren't really going to be, you know, going around with me to all these sneaker stores and lining up and stuff like that for the chance for me to get the pair of Jordan threes. But, um, so I pretty much mentally accepted the L and then this was probably after lunch, we walked by like this general sports store that they kind of had random Nikes and Jordans and stuff like that. And then, um, I'd asked, I'm like, there's this, Jordan three. Well, he didn't really speak English that well, but I showed him like this shoe released today. And do you guys have them? And he said pretty much no, but we have another store that's 
maybe like a 15 minute subway ride away, um, I can call them and see if they have it and if they have your size. So then he called the other store. Um, so I wear a 10 to 10 and a half, which in Japanese standards is pretty big, I guess you can say, because I think they cap off at 11 usually. Um, and then they said, yeah, they have one uh, 10 and a half left. And then I said, can you, can you hold it? And he's like, no, like we can't do that. So then I just like booked it <laughs> by myself. I left my family, took the subway by myself, went to the other store and I managed to grab that last 10 and a half that was sitting on the shelf. Um, yeah. Crazy. Huh? All the way in Japan. <laughs> What was that? Do you remember that subway experience? Like you're new to that country and in, in Japan and you've probably never taken the subway by yourself. Like what, what was going through your, in your, in your head? Like, were you just thinking about <laughs> I, the shoe or, or are you thinking? About I like to think no that I'm a pretty, that I'm pretty good with directions. So I don't know if it was that or more so just the, the adrenaline that was uh, getting to me, but I was just zoned in. I was just like in the zone. I knew where I had to go, and all I could think about was just getting there as fast as I could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some some people don't. It's it's sneaker game is so much different nowadays. They don't know what that 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 zone to get a pair of shoes like when you're locked in and you're trying to get somewhere <laughs> without causing yeah. a stampede to get a shoe. They just don't know. I I, I think I, I a time that I think about that that happened to me. I went to the U.S. Um, with like four other Foot Locker, no, three of us, that's all that fit in the car, three other Foot Locker associates for the DMP, the, the DMP pack. So we, we went there, um, we went to Detroit, and we went to the suburbs because we were scared that the city would have been too rough. So we went to the suburbs, and we found, we found the mall, I think it was Northland Mall, and a whole bunch of people are sitting in the parking lot because it was locked in. One of these guys said, um, you know, just said to his buddy, I'm just going to go take a walk. But he really went to go check all the doors for every single part of the mall. And we see him off in the distance. And he, like, instead of five doors, he pulls one door, mm -hmm. two door, three door. They're all locked. He gets to the last door and it opens. And, like, you see him, like, he, like, stopped. And then he just went in. And then I saw and I started running. And then my friends ran and then everyone else ran. But apparently like there's other people that had already gotten the mall. So we're all in the mall. So some ran to Foot Locker, like, and security did nothing. Like this is like four o'clock in the morning. Some people ran the Foot Locker. Some people ran the Champs. Some people ran the finish line. I ended up at finish line because that was the first door. And then um, there was like one other, like, oh, actually, no, I got mine at Foot Action. And then I went to Foot Locker and then they had another size. So I ended up getting it there too. Um, I, I didn't get my size. I was trying to buy for me and then I needed two and then I needed pairs for people. I had a list and I said, there's no way of getting this list. So by the time I get to the last store and my friend was in line because the store opened late. Everyone opened at eight and wow. line didn't open until 930. So we're, we're sitting there. There's only four of us in line because most people had gotten their shoe already. And um, so the manager shows up at right like 25 after. He gets the money in the till, the whole nine yards. And then the phone rings as he's letting us in. And I'm like fourth in line. And then so 
first guy buys a pair, second guy buys, and then my my friend bought a pair, and I'm in line next, and I says like, uh, I'll take mm-hmm. my second eleven, so I'll take another one, and then I hear the DM yelling at him on the phone, and it's like, what do you mean? I'm calling for the number. Did you not sell out? And it's like we opened at nine thirty, and he goes what? And it's like you need to sell all of those now. And it's like, I asked him, so I was like, can I buy more than one? And then he asked the DMs, like, can someone buy more than one? Like, we only sold three. <laughs> Sell him as many as he wants. What? Oh, my gosh. Eight. I, I, so the funny thing is, so everyone in the car that we went with, one guy bought two, another guy bought three, another guy bought only yeah. one. He just went for the one pack. I, I went home with like 10 pairs. So here we are trying to cross the border to go back into Canada. And the guy says, like, and guys, this is like, we're not playing around. Like everyone's got, a, except for the driver, he's got a, they got a pair or two boxes in, in there on their lap. The trunk is full. Yeah. They're like in the middle seat, like packed to the ceiling. So eventually we get to, um, we get to the door, we get to the, the, the border and the custom guys goes, what do you have to declare? And it's like, uh, we have about $5,000 in sneakers to declare. <laughs> and it's just like, cause I told the guys, it's like, we'll get through. And it's like, we're not lying. Do you think, the, what happens if they confiscate these? Mm-hmm. I need to go yep. home with these. I'll pay extra. I don't care. So, so the long, the long and short of it is that uh, we go in, we fill the customs forms. And uh, so everyone's saying two or three and he gets to me. And I says like, I have 10 packs. And it's like, 10 packs at like 300 and some odd dollars each you spent that much in one morning it's like yeah man and he goes and he goes but why it's like but i needed the i need two for me and i had some friends that wanted it and this is like a once in a lifetime mission i needed to come back with as many i could get and someone sold let them buy them all so i did i'm not selling them to make Mm -hmm. money i'm selling these to give to my friends so and he goes so I paid the bill and I can't remember. It was like 500 bucks in duty fees or something like it was like, it was like more than a pack, but I, I did that. And I charged everyone the duty fee. We split it all. So he says, before I leave and we get back in the car, cause I wasn't driving. So like, hey, let me see so I took it out for him. Like I'm at, I'm at, I'm at the border. It's like, these are, he goes, these are pretty sick. Like, this is like Jordan wore these. And it's like, yes, it's the, the defining moments package. This is championship yeah. one and championship four. And that's why they're important. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to explain the story and we get into like a 10 minute conversation about these shoes. And, and, he, and it's just like, and like my friends are going, God, we got to go line. I was like, but we're talking shoes, man. Who wants to know? Like, I got to tell them. So anyways, that's the story. And then, you know, the funny thing, and I go back and a couple people flop because they didn't yeah. think I was going to say, they just said it for lip service. So then I was like, Okay, like I kept asking like all of my friends and I again friends or in the community, it's like they're not they're not for they're not uh I'm not charging extra. I bought this, you can have it. You just have to pay for it. Do you want it? And he's like, You have the DMP pack? And say, like, Yeah, I have, I had like ten. I don't want to make any money. Yeah, I just wanted to give them to people in Canada that couldn't get it. So like it was like people were calling me, I think at one point, um you know, the, uh, the, the shoe hero, like who is this guy that went to get DMP? Do you still have them? For, back them for the Canadians. So that, that's, 
Uh, I still have I still have my pack. Um, I and I between the two, I absolutely oh, wow. love the six more than I love the eleven. Like this, oh, wow. this I'm up against popular opinion, and I think it's because the back of the shoe. And I was obviously mad this there in 2020 when they retroed them, but in like just because that 23 on the back of this of the six was gold, like had me sold, and I wore that shoe so much. Did you? And I love it to this day. Like, I know people love people love love the 11, but I love the six so much in that pack. Like that's my favorite shoe. If someone would say, I need to buy the shoe and I'll 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 buy another one, it's like. You don't want the Did you get the retro? I've taken take another pair from them. I know it was out last year. I I, I had to re up on it. So how many of those did you get? Just one or? Yeah, just 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 one. So, it's to me it, for me it was weird that it came out again. Like it kind to me it kind of ruined my my sneaker story with that shoe, but it also reminds me so much of like. Ryan, are you crazy? Like you came back with twenty pairs of shoes in one morning, and it's like, yeah, but they're not all for me. Like that was the kind of my defense. And it's like someone had to drive me home, and then like I remember like my dad came out, and I'm like just taking two boxes at a time into my house, and it's like, what are you doing? And it's like, dad, th- these are for other people. Like I- I- I'm doing someone a big favor to get these shoes. It's like. <laughs> Don't Can you imagine if that pack shoes. released today? So, anyways. <laughs> oh, with with bots, like people would lose their mind. People would go crazy if that shoe came out again. But yeah, it didn't, and it, it kind of stays now in lore because you had to you had to be there to do it. It's like you know, and I think I I think we've talked before and. I remember you buying buying the packs in uh, at least one of them in Toronto Eaton Center when they did the countdown pack. Like that 2008 year was such a special year, and uh, some people said, oh, "I don't want the 158 pack. That's the worst one," um, you know, or you you didn't want the um, you didn't want the pack with the nine in it. But some of the other ones, like you know the the 419 or even the 320 because everyone wanted that three or I think one, some people's favorite ones are, are the, the 518 pack or the, uh, the six and, uh, and seven. It was, pack. it really was. That was just a special time uh, of, of sneakers. And, you know, and that, that what led to, you know, the new beginnings pack and, 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 you know, the raging bull pack, you know, we, that, you know, the, the black one is, or the, um, the red one is coming out. Some people would love to have that reflective one. The reflective one never wore very well. Like you wore it after a few times, and then it kind of cracked a little bit. But I still have mine. But um, it was a special time when the when that uh, that countdown pack. It was like you didn't. There wasn't a lot retail, and it wasn't like crazy that people wanted them, but people did really want them. And it wasn't like the mm-hmm. average consumer. It was the true. The thing I remember most was that you can pre-order them. That's the craziest thing. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember. And and like in 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 those days of pre-ordering, it was like a hustle. Like you, because you know, in those are the days in Foot Locker where people were making commission, and we've gotten better and evolved from there. But people would hustle to like, I need to sell this four hundred dollar pack of shoes, so I got to go out there and talk to people. I need to go tell them that. 
people yep. buying shoes today. <laughs> they need you to buy the pack that comes out on Saturday. So funny, funny times, funny times how things have evolved um, in, in so many perspectives. So, hey, Sean, so, you know, we're kind of coming up on the end of, um, uh, uh, of the chat. Um, you know, I think I really, uh, you know, wanted to wrap up by saying, again, th- saying thank you. And then how do people find you? On, uh, on on any social media platform. Yeah, for sure. So if you're interested in sneaker reviews, you can check out my videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sean Go. And my photos, if you're into that, you can check me out on Instagram at sgo8. And like you said, my podcast, which is still fairly new, but it's, uh, it's a work in progress, but it's called The Channel 8 Podcast. And it's on most of your major platforms like Spotify, Podbean, and iTunes. All right. Thank you so much. So I, I got one last question because you spawned it by, uh, yeah. as you gave out uh, your information. So, you know, we know you obviously is Sean Go because that's your name, but wh- why the eight? No, like is it's, it it's, it it's a number I've always appreciated. Um, weird thing. Like I'm into symmetry and the fact that eight kind of resembles infinity. So it's just, a, it's just a number I've always been, yeah. <laughs> been a fan of since I was a kid. Totally. Yeah, because some people ask me about, you know, mine and why, I, I, why, why 42? And, you know, I, I grew up playing football and my number was always 21 because of Deion Sanders. But um, I took, a, uh, as I started to learn about sports heroes of the past, I took a yes. huge taking to Jackie Robinson. This is before any of the movies. And I, uh, I read, I read, um, you know, books on him and, you know, understood like what he went through from being a black man trying to, you know, break into major league baseball. And then you get a better feel of it uh, when you see, you know, see the movie 42. So that move, that, that number stuck with me and, you know, whether it became first, it was like all every sports team, like that I played for. And I played a lot of recreational sports, basketball. I played, um, played slow pitch in baseball and I, and I played, uh, even ball hockey at one point, I would not play that is dedication 42. Like it was a deal breaker for me. So, so that, that became, you know, so like, Hey, I need a nickname for whatever new social media account. And it was like, you know, a lot of people, you know, choose to spell my, my last name wrong with an A in it versus, uh, it just being MC. So, people just started calling me LMAC and it stuck. And then it's like, well, what am I going to do? I need, it needs to be six characters. Well, I'm going to add the number that I love, which is 42. So that's how my, my Instagram handle kind of came to be. And like almost on any other platform, YouTube or anything like that, it's, it's, uh, it's LMAC 42. And that, that stuck with me for a very long time. Like even if I customize a shoe or I need something to ID something, that's what I use to idea. The hyphen kind of goes in and out depending on how many characters I'm allowed, but that's how LMAC 42 resonates. Someone gave me the nickname and like it just stuck and everyone started calling me that. It's like, my name is <laughs> not spelled that way. But when you get a nickname, they tell yeah. you, you can't give yourself a nickname. When someone gives you a nickname and everyone wants to refer to you as that, I actually never um, realized that you didn't have to change <laughs> until now. So, <laughs> yeah, and so, so many people. So it's like, well, they, they hear my nickname or they've seen me on Instagram and they spell my name. 
Is it dog? There's no A. This is but why hey, it's like it's like T Mac, right? That's my nickname. McGrady. That's right? what's stuck, you know, over the last Yep. Yeah. It's it's exactly the same thing. So even I, I get, you know, I have a, a co-worker at the office and her name is L Mac too, but it's her last name has an A in it. And it's not uh it's not McDonald, it's McNeil. <laughs> so she calls herself the real L Mac and I'm the fake one. It's like my, she can be L Mac for one because I didn't give it to myself. So it's one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or she can be L Mac 24. She can be the reverse or whatever other number she wants to be. So again, Sean, thanks so much for, for joining. I, I think it's been so fun tonight and, and being able to collaborate. Um, but, you know, again, you know, obviously I know that there's lots happening out there. Um, and there's obviously a, a pretty serious movement beyond COVID mm-hmm. and, and some of the violence uh, against uh, against Asians. But uh, I definitely stand with you as an ally, and uh, I really hope that um, your friends and your family that are obviously in the community as well can continue to stay well and safe. And you know, hopefully, we can you know bring an end to you know some senseless uh, things that are happening at the uh, the hands of some people that. Uh, you know, need to get their heads glued on straight because uh, it's not fair and it's not yeah, for sure. Appreciate fair. your support and you know, this was fun and uh, definitely can't wait to to join you sometime in the future. Yeah, we definitely will love to have you back. We'll talk about something. We'll talk about some of your, uh, you know, more about cameras. We we definitely can talk amazing. about some of the other things that you're interested in, in, in as well. So for sure, thanks again. Time. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Yeah.